0: Welcome to Supply Chain Briefs, the podcast that t- discusses today's challenges, innovations, and critical issues in today's global supply chains. On today's episode, we have Bill Merslak. Bill has over 25 years of experience in supply chain and SNOP experience, guiding clients from executive to operational level. Currently, Bill is the president of Chain Sequence, a management consulting group specializing in the supply chain and SNOP planning improvement process. So without further delay, please join me in welcoming Bill Merzlach. Welcome, Bill.
1: Thank you, Jill, thank you for having
0: me. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Uh, I think it's going to be a great discussion and I'm really looking forward to it. So I kind of just want to jump into things here, Bill. Okay. And I was kind of hoping that to start to get everybody on the same page here, I was hoping that you would be able to set the the current stage that we're currently seeing in in global the in the global uh, supply chain environment.
1: Sure, sure. I think there's a uh, an expression that's most apropos to to what's going on. The more things change, the more they stay the same, right? Mm-hmm. There have been so many disruptions uh, over the years. I mean, supply chain on a good day is, is bad enough uh, with, with every, all the things that are going on. Um, you know, we still really haven't fully recovered from the, the whole COVID experience. You know, we're still experiencing um, remnant labor shortages. Um, things, things are still out there. But if you think about things that have happened in the past, I mean, this isn't anything new. We always have all these things. Um, if you remember in the past, we had... SARS and avian flu cases that you know, really disrupted the global supply chain. You know, we um, early 2000, we had that big typhoon in Malaysia that had a huge impact to the semiconductor industry because uh, nearly 10% of the back end packaging and semiconductor was was in Malaysia. when that typhoon hit, it was extremely disruptive to, to the entire supply chain. You know, we have hurricanes in the States. That uh, cause disruption with just moving goods within the within the, the continental U.S. And then, like I said, even on a good day, um, publicly held companies are are all about you know making those numbers at the end of the month, making those numbers at at, at the end of the quarter. So there's always some kind of disruption out there. Um, so you know it's things that we're going to have to deal with. And you know the sad thing is we. We really don't know what's coming around next around the corner. I mean, with all these things that are happening, you know, nobody could have ever seen COVID. Um, there isn't a, a process out in the world that could, that could have predicted that or prevented it. But there are, there are a lot of things that, that we can do. And, you know, with all of these things that have gone on, that are going on, and, and how we're dealing with it, it, it's really time to start taking a look at a more strategic approach to how we do planning.
0: Right, right. And nobody, and nobody, uh, none of these companies out here, I mean, we all work with scenario planning, we've heard these buzzwords, we've heard the, you know, the term of, you know, plan for the unexpected, but, and expect the, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, But it seems like, you know, with situations like this, that there just seems to be a lack of, you know, proper planning. I mean, again, to your point, you can't, you know, nobody has a crystal ball. So, what can companies do right now? How how can they prepare for this? What are their first steps going to be in order to set themselves up for success as opposed to
1: failure? Yeah, yeah, and there's like I said, there, there's no silver bullet that's going to solve everything, right? I mean, it's it just it's just not there. But there's a lot that, a lot that we can do. Um, uh, I'm going to use a, another expression, Einstein. You know, the definition of insanity is, is doing the same thing over and over again but expecting different results, and uh, in the 25 plus years that, that I've worked with companies um, in all kinds of industries all over the world, uh, I, I see a lot of the a lot of the same things. You know, they 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 do the same thing over and over, uh, but but nothing changes. So mm. so they're in that that kind of constant state of, of chaos, and it, it's really difficult to think about a, a long term solution more in in a strategic environment when all you can do is focus on what's right in front of you um, because of all the chaos that that's going on. There was one group that I worked with that they, and it was so, so true at the time that they defined uh, their strategic environment as anything beyond the end of next week. Um, And and that was truly the case for them. Um, They were going gangbusters. It was a a multi, multi, multi multi-billion dollar international company. going gangbusters, just, you know, I mean, they couldn't produce, they couldn't sell fast enough. And, and they never took the time to, to look beyond that. So what happened was everybody was, was so caught up in the day-to-day, they never really took the time to look um, beyond the end of two weeks, yet alone beyond the, the end of the quarter. So they really needed to um, start taking a look at how, how, do we, how do we get out of this? Because it was, it was just a, a vicious cycle.
0: Yeah. And you know, I, I I I hear this common theme occur in companies all the time. And you really did paint the picture for us. So for for companies that are currently feeling these pain points, as you were stating and as you were expressing, um how do they start to get how do they get started in this process? I mean, that's gotta be a hurdle, it's gotta be a challenge, but can you help us try to break that down on how do these companies get started in this process?
1: Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, one of the things that I, that I see with organizations um, that that, in, in lieu of having any kind of good planning, is it's really the heroes in the supply chain that that are keeping them alive. And anybody who who's worked in in supply chain knows that. And and you and everybody else listening to this podcast is probably one of those heroes. You know, <laughs> it, they're the individuals who are doing the diving catches, who are putting in those long hours, who are doing these, these heroic acts just, just to get through that, that chaos. Um, but the problem is that's not sustainable. You know, the, the uh, human carnage that results in that is um, people leave, people get burned out. It, you can't sustain that. And then the problem becomes worse because when those individuals leave, they take all of that knowledge with them. Um, so it's really important to kind of step back and, and take a self-assessment and say, what does my current environment really look like? And, and how, do I, how do I address that? You know, what kind of, of strategic planning processes do I have? Um, the the process that's been out there for many decades, SNOP, IBP, SIO, mm. you know, call it whatever you want, right, is is the process that that can help you to address. Those longer term strategic issues, so that you can mitigate some of those issues. You're never going to resolve everything. There's, a, there's always going to be some issue, but you want to be able to mitigate some of those things in the near term uh, execution window. And when you think about looking at that, you want to be able to say, what, is, what does my process look like? A lot of companies say, well, I have an SNOP process, but, but how effective is it really? And in many cases, it's more of an SNOE. Uh, an execution process, not a planning process. And you can't plan an execution. You know, when you look at the lead times of of certain components today, some components that may have been eight, 10, 12 week lead times, some of them are pushing 30, 40, 50 week lead times. Um, Again, for all the reasons that we talked about at at the top of the call. So when you think about um, how do we we address that? How do we even think about either revamping or re- Rebuilding an existing SNOP process or putting in a new one, you know, you, you got to think about, you know, what are some of the hurdles that that you're gonna you're gonna get hit by, and you're gonna get pushback um, because, you know, again, people are caught up in the day to day, the chaos. They want to be able to address all those issues. So, you know, some of the things that that I hear as as I've gone over through the years and have worked with different companies is, you know, well, we have a process. We've been we've always been doing it this way, but you know, is it really effective? You know, could it be better? You know, we can, we can always do better, right? Right. Um, another one is, you know, all of these issues that are happening outside in the world and in other parts of the world and in my supply chain, they're outside my control. I, I can't control that. And yeah, it's, it's true to a certain extent, but, you know, we can proactively think about how do we address those? You know, how can we mitigate? We know that things are going to happen. So what are some of the things that we can do to address that? And thinking about next week isn't going to solve that. We really need to be thinking well outside of that, that longest lead time. Um, you know, a couple of other things, you know, senior management says, you know, well, we'll never agree to that. We can't, we can't come to terms. That in and of itself is a problem because senior management is ultimately responsible for achieving an organization's um, financial objectives and goals. So if, if if they don't think a process like that is is of value, that organization it really isn't going to uh, achieve that that maximum success. And the last one that that I hear a lot is, well, that process is way too rigid. You know, I don't want to adhere to that. You know, we got this going on every day, all you know, every month. But I like to say, you know, don't confuse rigidity with discipline, mm. right? You know, we can't think about a process that. Oh, we got a problem. So let's work on this. Let's get this process in place. And then when things are going well, we, we kind of forget about it. And then when the problem occurs, it's too late. So we need this thing to be occurring all of the time. So when we think about, you know, how do we overcome some of those things? And, and we say, well, we we've we've gotten over those hurdles, and now we want to either rebuild or put in this new process. So the first thing you need to think about is, what are you trying to solve for? What 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 is the problem that you're trying to solve for? And kind of look at, at three major areas, revenue, cost, and trade working capital. And we think about what in those areas are, are we trying to solve for? So in revenue, are we trying to increase top line or bottom line? You know, do we have issues with, with customer set? Is, is our demand planning um, an issue that is, is driving a lot of... And I, I see you smiling, you know, a perfect forecast never exists. <laughs> and and forecasting isn't going to solve all your problems right um, but that's generally think well if they get a better forecast all my problems are solved right we know that's that's, every, the
0: that's what everybody seems to think they seem to imagine that you know a forecast is going to solve everything but you know what I've learned in forecasts is that hundred percent of forecasts are always wrong um, <laughs> and I always laugh at that so I you know I I think this is really great information and I think this is really good um, so I was hoping that you could speak a little bit more on um, kind of like the drivers and the objectives that a company might want to achieve. Yeah. Um, could you, you know, maybe elaborate on that? Because I kind yeah. of feel like yeah. that might be one of those pieces that we're missing here.
1: Yeah, so when you think about those three major areas, revenue costs and, and trade working capital, think about how do you measure those? And when you're, when you're embarking on a journey like this, the one thing that you definitely want to do is establish a baseline, right? So think about what are the things that I'm trying to sell if revenue is down, you know, what's my goal? You know, what, do I, what, do I, what am I trying to sell for, right? Is it the top line or is it the bottom line? Um, and then when you look at costs, you know, costs have a big impact into meeting the, the financial goals. So when you think about the cost, uh, transportation costs um, for many reasons have gone through the roof over the last year. Um, even if you could pay for it, you know, there was a time where you couldn't even get a container um, at any cost, right? Um, but the cost associated with producing a product, with moving the product, with the labor and, and all these other elements, the better we can plan for um, outside of that, in that longer term horizon, right? We can reduce costs, right? We don't need to have overtime. So we can cut that cost out because we're planning better. Um, we don't need to go to an external um supplier for capacity um, we can better optimize the, the capacity that we have available uh, internally so it's all about having that longer term view and being able to <clears throat> optimize or, or rationalize the resources that you have and reduce um, minimize those those additional costs that that come about as, as a result of uh, poor planning you know expedites is is the, is the uh, solution for poor planning, right? So if we can plan better, we, we don't need those those expedites.
0: Absolutely. <clears throat>
1: that that last category on trade working capital, you know, if we can reduce our order to cash cycles, we can realize um, cash quicker, <clears throat> we can um, optimize our, our inventory levels, um, you know, maybe not reduce, but right size, right? So uh, and I think you and I have talked about in the past, <clears throat> making sure that we have the the right inventory at the right levels at at the right location.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um, And I think that's like, so (laughs) so, I think it's so important for companies to just honestly, they need to make time to plan for this process. Um, So now we've we've discussed it. We've talked about the the framework. I was hoping you could go into a little bit more detail on how companies can actually deploy it. Because we talked about, need for it but now tackling that taking that on is going to be a completely different challenge
1: right so one of the one of the things that you need to think about is so so i said think about what you're trying to solve for take a baseline and then um, once you have that baseline set some realistic goals right so one of the things is don't expect improvement overnight right so be able to, you know, plan for some, some inc- incremental um, improvements over time. And then, you know, those, those goals need to be smart, right? The, the specific measurable, achievable, you know, relevant time-bound, timeout. Right? So you got to be able to, to measure those. So you want to be able to set that baseline and then set some achievable goals over, over time. So, you know, if you try to say, I'm going to solve everything by the end of my second cycle, it, it's just not going to happen. Right? So you wanna be able to, to set those. The other thing, um, one of the things that I always look at first when in putting in um, any SNLP process is looking at all of the planning within the supply chain. So if you think about SNLP and, and especially IBP, it's an umbrella process, right? It, it covers everything. And the effectiveness of that process is only as effective as all the supply chain planning that's underneath it, that, right? So, you wanna make sure that um, those, as you put in an SNLP process, it's working together with improvements in the supply chain side as well. So, so the two are going, are going uh, hand in hand. If you don't look at those foundational things, an SNLP process can be effective, but its effectiveness is, is minimized. And all it's really doing is calling out all the flaws everywhere else, right? So, you, you wanna uh, take a look at that. Um, the other thing on and when we think about deploying the process is um, this was another expression that um, I had heard. They did, it was defined as SNP is not a spectator sport. Everybody is, is involved in, in one way or another because it covers everything from uh, end to end, from uh, you know, onboarding a new customer or really introducing a new product to getting that product out to the market and, and everything in between. So that involves sales and supply chain planning and product development and and everybody. So we want to make sure that um, everybody is is included within the process. So now you, you you've decided I'm going to do the process. I know what I'm trying to measure. Now we now we need to kick it off. So the first thing is making sure that you you develop the or or bring together the the right team, right? The the deployment team who's going to define this this process, and don't. Don't take that, that effort lightly because you want to make sure that those who are developing and defining the process are ultimately going to own it. So they're, they're developing their own process, and that is going to help to ensure that, you know, well, if I going to own this thing, I want to make sure it's going to work right. Um, so it helps, really helps with, with the buy-in. You also want to make sure that you find the right uh, champion to support the effort. And it really needs to be at, at a pretty senior level. Um, and when you think about an SOP in the last step of, of the executive readout, you really want it to be one of those members because they're going to, they're, again, you know, they're going to be the ultimate decision maker in the process. You want to make sure that that they're, they're involved in supporting the process as well. And kind of related to having that champion or partner is don't be afraid to use external resources. You know, a lot of companies, they've been around a long time. They have very high tenured uh, individuals. that. They know the business really well, they know the organization really well, but they may not know the process of SNOP. And bringing in somebody in from the outside can, can give you an unbiased perspective of, of how it works. They know the process, they can, they can help you that. So leverage that knowledge and, and you know, use and abuse that knowledge, get everything you can out of them. And then once you've got your process uh, defined and in place, you know, that an individual can can go on, on their uh, merry way. So making sure that um, you've got that extra knowledge will, will help you. Then the really, really big thing is change management. And, and I can't say it enough. Change management, change management, change management. Um, really important to making sure that, that the process succeeds. So, you know, we look at, you know, it's a, not a spectator sport. You know, start off with a stakeholder analysis. Make sure that you identify all of those who are affected and how are they affected so that you can start bringing them on board to the new process and start training them in terms of this is your involvement. This is what it means to you. This is what we need from you. And the the secret sauce in all of this is not individuals, but it's how all these pieces fit together. So the sum of the bits is really the whole process. And and that's that's the, the real value of it. And then you know, along with change management comes communication, right? So we train them, we communicate. And communication is important as we're developing the process, but it's also important once the process is released, right? So we took that foundational uh, baseline metric. We wanna be able to report out. Here's the results of this process. We've gained um, two points here uh, in, in improvement and so forth. So being able to communicate that back to the organization says we recognize value in the process, and now we realize value from the process of, of rolling it out. And then the last kind of bit about change about the change management is, is ongoing monitoring. It's really easy for companies to relapse to the old ways, right? <clears throat> oh, things are going well. Yeah, we can peel back. You know, oh, we're too busy to hold the hold the meetings this week. We don't need to think about, you know, out, outside of that. So you want to make sure that you're continuing to monitor the process and making sure that. It's, it's really working well, um, and that it's giving you those results that you want. And in you know, many cases, you know, a year after it's rolled out, you wanna do an audit. Let's, let's make sure that we've had continuous improvement, we're moving the, with the, the right indicators in the right direction, everything is still continuing to, to work out as planned. And then when you think about the overall process, you know, I, I've done this in, in all kinds of companies all over the place, and I, I recognize that it's not a one-size-fits-all. You know, no two organizations are the same. You know, anybody who's worked in an in a international group, you know, the way Americas operate is very different from Europe, which is very different from Asia. So even within an organization, you got, you got variances within that. So, you know, SNLP has been around for decades, you know, since the, the 80s. Um, it really hasn't changed all that much. Some of the names have changed. It becomes a little bit bit more comprehensive, uh, but we need to really think about what are the nuances within an organization to make sure that it, it's really effective, right? It's not a cookie cutter approach, but at the same time, it's not completely different for every region within a given organization as well. There, there is a, a standardization. I generally find that, that we can put in a process that is generally 80 to 90% consistent across all, all organizations and then we can deal with the, the slight variances because of that, because of that. And when you think about you know putting in this process, and, and I may have said this earlier, is it really is a journey, right? It's not a quick trip around the block, boom, we got an SNLP process and all is well. So, excuse me, we wanna make sure that everybody understands that, so that, um, excuse me, that, um, the process is working and we're, we're getting that value out of that and that it's going to take time.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said that it's, it's, it's not a quick trip. It's, it's a journey. And it sounds to me like, you know, going through, just hearing from what you're, what you're talking about and how you're explaining it, you know, each company is different. Each company requires a different formula that's going to work for them. And it's not going to be uh, a, <clears throat> a quick fix. It's going to be trial and error process, seeing what what's happening, seeing what's working. Um, so I can definitely see how that is going to definitely play into the decision-making process um, when you're implementing an SNOP process. And, you know, you were talking about it earlier, you are mentioning ab- about this, that, um, a f- you know, failure to plan is a plan to fail. Yeah. So that, so that's, I mean, right there. That's telling us that we, companies really do need to take a step back and stop trying to run a hundred miles an hour. Take a step back, see what's happening, understand the landscape, the layout, the 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 environment that we're currently living in, to really start to implement a plan. And and again, to to your point, to not implement something and then try to run with it right away. You have to see how this is going to impact your specific situation. And just because a big company like Apple or Amazon is doing it doesn't mean that that's going to work for you. Because guess what? You have your own identity as a company and you're not Apple and you're not Amazon. Your your framework is set up slightly different or or maybe it's completely different. Um, So, you know, I can definitely see how this whole, snop process and implementation of it can be a huge challenge so uh bill uh you know we are kind of running low on time here i was hoping you would be able to give the listeners kind of some key takeaways or you know things that you would recommend and what are your final thoughts
1: sure sure joe so you know at the at the top of the discussion you know we said disruptions are here to stay i mean there's always going to be something out there we, um we really don't know what's coming next, but we can expect something. Um, we don't know what it is, but, but it is coming around the corner. So we really need to <clears throat> step back and take the time now um, so that we can try to head some of those things, whatever's, whatever's coming, kind of head them off the past. Um, the, the, I think I used this expression earlier, you can't plan during execution. Mm. You know, if, if lead time is 52 weeks, you can't get it in 48, you can't get it in 32. Yeah, you may be able to recover some. You know, some suppliers have some reserve capacity. Maybe they're holding a little bit of inventory. Maybe you're having a little bit of buffer here and there throughout the the supply chain network. But if you haven't thought about that material that's needed outside of those those long lead times, you, you're not going to get it. So start thinking about you know how can I how can I look at my long term demand? How can I look at my long term supply? And where can I maybe potentially anticipate some issues um, and maybe potentially hold off on that? You know, where can I get some burst capacity if, if I do need to produce more, either internally or, or from a supplier? Um, when we talk about putting in a process and the rigidity and discipline of the process, resistance to change is, is, is natural. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just human nature, but, but it is overcome. You, you can overcome that. Um, through change management, um, through communication, through training, and, and really bringing everybody on board as, as you, um, cover, as you, you know, develop that process and, and deploy and, and, and roll that out. So you wanna make sure that um, you can overcome some of those things, and, and you can. The, um, when we talk about these, these disruptions, there are things that are gonna happen near term um, but we really need to think that long-term, that, that strategic, um, because once planning moves into that execution threshold, we've got some wiggle room, um, but, but there's, only, there's only so much that we can do with, within, that, um, within that, uh, that time horizon. And then, the, you know, as we just talked about a few minutes ago, you know, change is going to take time. You know, you're not going to solve everything. You're not going to have the, the perfect process in that first cycle that, that you're running, so the sooner you can start um, thinking about this, the sooner you can get a process in, the sooner you can start to evolve and start having those cycles of, of continuous learning and improvement and, and start to, uh, to realize some positive impact from the process.
0: Amazing, amazing. Well, Bill, I, I wanna thank you so much. I think this, uh, this content and this conversation is what companies need to not only hear, but listen to. They need to adopt it. They need to put it into practice. But again, to your point, it's not going to be something that's going to be a quick fix. They really need to take the time to plan and and, and, and put that into their, their processes and their planning. So I really want to thank you for taking the time to speak to us and, and our viewers and our listeners, uh, Bill. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I, I know I had a great time. Um, so, uh, thank you again. And, um, if anybody is interested, you can listen to uh supply chain briefs on, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you download your podcast. Uh, Bill, thanks again for your time. And, uh, we'll, we'll talk again.
1: All right, Joe. Thanks again for having me.
0: Pleasure. All right. Take care.